Thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. On today's episode, the 2023 football recruiting class keeps on rolling with the four-star in Kedrick Riscano. Oh my goodness gracious, Tuck coming. And also, Take Tuesday is coming right at you because I harshly judge all of your takes and whether they are good takes or not good takes. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, how on earth are we doing on this beautiful Tuesday? Thank you so much for joining me on the Locked on Spartans podcast. That's right, guys. It's your green and white team every single day. Welcome to Take Tuesday. That's right. That is segments two and three today where I will be dissecting all of you lovely people that sent in takes. I'll just be going through them all and seeing uh, if I like them or if I don't like them. That's right. But we got some excitement in segment one as the 2023 Michigan State football class is just rolling strong as, okay, only two commits so far. But two four-stars, baby. That's right. We're going to get into the latest one here in a little bit. But first, I need to politely ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Once again, you probably already know this. Uh, it's the Locked on Spartans podcast. We do this five days a week here in the Locked on Podcast Network. And also, if you have any questions, comments, you have a take that you want me to weigh in on. Hit me up at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. That is the place to find me. All right, and the place you could find Kedrick Riscano in the next upcoming years will likely be the end zone at Spartan Stadium in East Lansing. That's right, guys. Uh, kind of somewhat a surprise. I didn't think there was any rumblings around this until early afternoon on Monday. But yes, Michigan State, Mel Tucker, and the crew Got another guy for the 2023 class, and just like their first commit for that recruiting cycle, Brennan Paracek, the tight end out of Michigan, Mr. Riscano is also a four-star as well. This is a four-star running back hailing in from the great football state of Texas. Uh, the five foot 190-pound four-star made his commitment on Twitter on Monday, and also love what he had to offer in his note as well. Writing, I want to start off uh, by thanking every coach who has recruited me and supported me because I know I'm a difficult player to recruit. And he also goes on thanks to his family and everything like that. But I just love that little snippet. The, I know I'm a difficult player to recruit. You know what? So sometimes the the best ability that the, a person can have is just self-awareness. So uh, hat, tip of the hat to him for, for getting that. And well, thanking coaches for, I guess, putting up with him. But hey, um, definitely seems like a guy that you would want to put up with. I can't imagine it's too bad. I mean, he seems like a nice kid all, all around. Um, but this is what is coming to East Lansing in Mr. Riscano. The 24-7 sports composite numbers, as we all know and love now, especially in the Mel Tucker era, now that recruiting is uh, getting a little more attention than it used to around these parts. He is rated as a four-star, as you know, but more specifically, his rating is .9165. Now, me rattling off those numbers probably doesn't mean much to anyone, uh, but this is what it really does mean, that at .9165, that means he's the highest-rated recruit in the Mel Tucker era. That's right, baby. He's higher-rated than 
um, Antonio Gates Jr., Caden Hauser, Alex Van Sumeren, uh, Jeremy Bernard, uh, also Ma'anateoteote, if you want to go through all those four stars. Uh, Jaron Mangum, excuse me, I knew I was forgetting one guy. But yes, Kedra Criscano. He is the highest-rated recruit in the Mel Tucker era at Michigan State. Overall, he is ranked as the 219th-ranked player in the nation. He is a top-15 running back prospect as well. He's actually the number 13-ranked running back per the 24-7 sports composite rankings. And here is, the, to me, the funny part. So, ranked 219 in the nation, 13th running back overall, uh, 39th in the state of Texas. Uh, th- that is how talent-rich the state of Texas is, is that you have a kid that's top 250 in the nation. You have a running back that's top 15 at his position, and he's barely cracking the top 40 <laughs> for the entire state of Texas. Needless to say, we already knew this before he committed, that Texas has an embarrassment of riches in the Longhorn State. So yeah, this is obviously an awesome pickup. For Michigan State. I don't have to tell you this. It's a four-star kid. He's out of Texas. He's a running back. And this is the kind of recruiting boon that you get after a player like, well, Kenneth Walker III has a nice season as well. And yes, William Piegler did leave for Florida. And the new guy, Ephraim Reed, steps into this new running back coach's role. And also, the weekend over the weekend, it was announced that Trevante Citizen, four-star running back, a 2022 kid, had Michigan State in his top schools, but only had one official visit left. Instead of Michigan State, he took Miami. So that was a bummer to start uh, Reed's career as the running back's coach. However, you talk about a bounce back. Whew. Yep, uh, this will do it. Yeah, this is a big-time pickup from Mel Tucker. But also, hey, for Ephraim Reed as well, stepping into that new running back coach's role as well. So what does Riscano actually bring to the table? Other than all these fun numbers and all the hype around a top-rated commit. Watching his film, uh, the first thing that jumped out at me really quickly, really quickly, and obviously it's a highlight film, you know, you're not going to see these bad plays, the losses of two and everything like that, Uh, you know, I'm not stupid, well, okay, I am in some regard, but not around this, I'd like to think, is that his vision is really good, especially for a high school player, that is very hard to coach at such a young age, and that's something that only gets better, ideally, if you're a running back, it doesn't happen all the time, but... Usually that vision, that patience is something that's just learned through repetitions, learned through actually playing at the level that you play at. And he plays Texas 5A football, the second highest division in Texas. It's not like he's tuning up a bunch of these ragtag schools that have only 30 kids in their whole school. No, like he's got good competition he's going up against. But his vision is great. Hitting the holes when they open. Uh, seeing all the plays unfold behind the line. But not just that. Also, when he gets out into space, when he gets into that second level, the the linebackers, the defensive backs, I can't tell you how many times on his highlight tape from his junior year, where it looks like, okay, five guys are around him, he's definitely going to go down. Oh my goodness gracious, he's still going to the end zone. He found a hole somehow, some way, wiggle himself out of it. And yeah, touchdown. So, please, yeah, just, you know, Google Kedrick Friscano. You'll find his highlight tape, his junior highlight tape. It's about 11 minutes long. Very fun to watch. Um... Yeah, so that's one thing that absolutely jumped out at me. And the second thing, too, I kind of just alluded to it, is that he is a slippery guy. I mean, he is very evasive, can shift away from defenders. Uh, When you really think that there is no hole there, (laughs) or no opening there. Um, Kind of, you know, with, listen, with everything I'm saying right now, of course, these are all adjectives and things I would use to say about Kenneth Walker III, but... 
that's impossible to compare a running back, especially a high school kid, to Kenneth Walker. So am I going to say he's going to go and make an impact like that immediately? No. But hey, does he have kind of the same uh, fundamentals as a Kenneth Walker does, as a Le'Veon Bell does, as far as patience and shiftiness goes? That's kind of how I see it. And also, a lot of times on this highlight film, catches the ball out of the backfield as well. So you like to see that out of your high school kid too. It seems like he's already ahead of the curve for learning for running backs in high school. The vision, the shiftiness, and also being able to, you know, do the whole kit and caboodle, right? Run the ball, obviously. That's nice when a running back can run the ball. I know. How about that for a hot take? Also a little bit of blocking. Also catching the ball out of the backfield. So like I said, right now the 2023 class sits at two kids. Two kids, which is normal. I mean, there's a lot of programs sitting at two or three kids right now. And it really helps, though. When both kids are four-stars. The other one, four-star tight end, Brennan Paracek out of Dexter. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible. And it means that Mel Tucker has brought in eight four-star kids over the last two classes alone. And Kedra Criscano is the first four-star running back to commit to Michigan State since... Guess. Go ahead and guess. Go ahead and guess. You probably already got it because it's LJ Scott. 2015. So it has been seven years Eight years, really, when 2023 rolls around, when he can, you know, finally come to Michigan State. Eight years have passed since a four-star running back has committed to Michigan State. So, hey, look at us. Look at Mel Tucker go. Um, great start to the 2023 class. And let's let's keep it rolling. I got a feeling things are going to keep rolling here in a little bit. I don't think Michigan State's necessarily done at just two four-star kids for this class. And we're also not done. Talking about Michigan State. No, of course not. Come on, we two segments to go. This is a three-segment show. Come on. Please thought we were done. But first, I need to talk to you beautiful people about betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. With a new year, an updated desktop and mobile website, Go sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to get started. From football to basketball to hockey to boxing to UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. It's Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. One more time, it's BetOnline.ag where the game starts. And before jumping into all your takes, hey, just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All righty, it's Take Tuesday, so uh, you probably know what that means if you've listened to the show before. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And welcome back to another Take Tuesday. If this is your first Take Tuesday, hey, thanks for giving the show a try. Uh, it's a pretty simple concept, actually. I go out onto the streets of Twitter. I ask you for your takes on Michigan State football, Michigan State basketball, or just life in general. And I judge whether they are legit takes or if they are just takes that, no, you got to go fly a kite with. Um, this isn't to say if you actually believe the takes or not. No, I'm just here to judge if I agree with them or not. Because, well, that's just what you do when you host a sports podcast. So, let's get into it. We're, we're going to start on something I like to call the Peyton Thorn Ladder. You will know what I mean after these three takes from you wonderful people. And before going any further, thank you to everyone that sent a take in. Once again, as always happens, uh, we got way more responses than I thought, and this will probably bleed into the next few days' worth of shows here. So, if I didn't get to your take today, uh, I'm going to try my very best to do it some point this week. So, thank you once again for sending it in. 
Now let's start on this Peyton Thorne ladder, shall we? Gavin writes in. Oh yeah, let's get it popping. All right, here, here's a big one. People hype Peyton Thorne up too much. Sure, his deep balls to Reed and Naylor this past season were beautiful, but I feel like people ignore the bad of his game. And also, someone reached out and asked, like, what do you mean, like, bad parts of his game? And he went on to say decision-making could be horrible at certain points. And I'm not here to take shame people. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But I think I am actually one of those people, right off the top, that said people hype Peyton Thorne up too much. Yeah, hand up in the air. I, I, I love Peyton Thorne. I, I think he's awesome. Yes, the, the memories of that final game of the season probably didn't do him any favors as we coast off into an offseason. Um... Yeah, because that was, it wasn't the best first half. But what does Peyton Thorne always do when he has kind of a rough stretch to start a game, like he also did October 30th against Michigan? More times than not, the kid bounces back. He is too smart of a player. He is too resilient of a player to just be bad for long stretches. I mean, rarely is he just bad the whole game. Usually it's maybe like a quarter, if that, or a half sometimes. But yes, I think he's awesome in bouncing back. And I think his decision-making is solid. I think it has been throughout the entire season, right from the very get-go, and this is a constant theme that we saw throughout the year, is that he very rarely takes calculated, or no, uncalculated mistakes. Or let's just call it risky beyond reason. Uh, like the, okay, the interception against Michigan right off the top. And I'm not going to talk about the one that was deflected, but his first one of the game... Yeah, go for it. Take a shot downfield. Set the tone early. I, I don't have an issue with that. Uh, I don't think it was the, the worst throw I've ever seen in my entire life. But, no, as a whole, I think Peyton Thorne is just fine. Uh, now, let's take our next step up the rung of the Peyton Thorne ladder. Now, this is from I'm West 3v3 MVP. Peyton Thorne has the potential to be better than Kirk Cousins or Connor Cook. Best quarterback ever at MSU. Uh, people look past him because of Hauser, but he is the real deal. And this is also too, um, going back to the last take, is this is a sign that our fan base has also taken a step forward as well. Not only has the coaching staff and the team taken a step forward, but so have us as fans. Because we're having this discussion if Peyton Thorne is good or not, right after he sets the single season record for touchdown passes. That's big time. That's behavior only a big time fan base does. That's right. Never satisfied. Let's keep rolling. Uh, I am West 3v3 MVP. Love that take. Um, man, Kirk Cousins, Connor Cook, two absolute goats at Michigan State. I'm actually going to go ahead and agree with that take. Yeah, that's that even seems crazy because Cook, he was great. Cousins, my favorite MSU athlete of all time. Obviously, I think he's incredible. But just like those two guys, Thorne has the fortune of starting his career as a sophomore starter. That is, and he also did quite well too, considering he's an underclassman. He did quite well, like we just said in the last answer. Smart kid, coach's kid, whatever cliche you want to throw out there. I firmly believe it because I've seen it this season. So yeah, I think Peyton Thorne bounces back because of that experience. And also, hey, Cousins had some great weapons. Cook had some great weapons. The fact that Reed is coming back and is giving Thorne one more year of that. And you also have other guys too, like Keon Coleman, Montori Foster, Jeremy Bernard. Oh my, there, there's some great talent around Thorne too. So yeah, I think when it's all said and done, he's going to be up in that, that holy trinity 
of MSU quarterbacks in the last decade or so with Cousins and Connor Cook, of course. So, no, I actually love that one. And the last step up the Peyton Thorne take ladder. Get ready for this one because Rachel is taking us on a ride to the top. She says Thorne and Reed will lead MSU to a national championship appearance next season. Now, I'm going to be Debbie Downer and say, no, I probably don't believe in that tank. But, hey, the, the, the hell with me, right? What do I know? I, I love that attitude. I'm not here to dampen anyone's sunshine whatsoever. So, yeah, Rachel, absolutely love that. That's what I'm talking about. Do I agree with it? Not quite, especially after seeing what happened. Well, to, to Michigan when they played an SEC team. But, yeah, love the absolute confidence. However, I, we will talk about this, though. And this this is a take that I think parlays kind of into those high expectations for next season. This take comes from Hunter, and he writes in, Ohio State wins the Big Ten next year in football, but MSU finishes second and goes back to another New Year's Six bowl game. I, You know, that does sound crazy, doesn't it? Like, second place finish, that means you've run the Big Ten table beside losing to the Buckeyes. Then again, like, is it that crazy though I maybe not like I know Penn State probably won't be as down as they were last season Sean Clifford's coming back you feel okay about them but then again Michigan State also returns a lot from last season as well uh Michigan they're gonna be a new team they've lost a lot of good defensive players now of course as we all hear in the offseason with every offseason national title they win they've got some good talent replacing those kids but will it translate as well as those playmakers did this year I, that's asking a lot. I don't know. Who knows what's going to go on with their quarterback situation next year? I who, Who's to say? You fly around the conference? Yeah, it's okay. Not not a lot of world beaters out there. And MSU's crossover too next year. You get Minnesota. Fortunately, you do get Wisconsin. But there's some cr- tough crossover games going on all over the Big Ten East as well. So, long story short, I, I don't hate that take that MSU finishes second next year. But, man, am I... Yeah, I'll use the W word. I'm a little worried about the run game. I am. I was really hoping that maybe Trevante Citizen would be the last addition to the 2022 class as a four-star running back because right now you're left with Jalen Berger, who transferred from Wisconsin, former four-star kid. And then you also have, well, okay, Eli Collins, Jordan Simmons, Harold Joyner. I, I, I was not too inspired with what I saw from the rest of the crew this year. And maybe that's really unfair because maybe in the back of my head they were being a little bit compared to Kenneth Walker, but I think the drop-off behind Kenneth Walker was really steep this season. And I don't know if Jalen Berger is going to really be the answer because he's not like Kenneth in the fact that, you know, Kenneth can wiggle around and he'll find a hole when there isn't one in front of him. Berger's a guy that when he gets that second level, he's got the breakaway speed and the power to take it a long way. But it's just even getting to that second level that might be a struggle for running backs this year because we've lost a lot of offensive linemen as well and a lot of reps from those offensive linemen. So, oh, yeah, that's the biggest question mark going into the offseason for me is not just the uh, offensive line or the running backs, but just the run game as a whole. I know it's super broad, but hey, we saw what it did for Michigan State last year. Took some pressure off Thorne. It let Reed and Naylor cook a little bit, so... Yeah, that's going to be very important. I, I, I wish I wish I could answer this question after watching the first two or three games for Michigan State, but that's 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 boring. No, we're we're here to speculate. Nine months early. That's right, baby. So, yeah, I don't hate it. 
MSU's got the table set for them. No problem at all. they got a lot of great returning players. However, some of the departures, <clears throat> a little nervous. But, yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'll go along with your take. Second place, let's go. near six bowling, baby. Woo! Um, we're not done with all the takes yet. No, of course. We've barely gotten into to any of them. We've got a ton because you guys are the best and you guys sent in so many. But first, I need to talk to you folks about Built Bar. Woo! It's New Year. So that means some New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier like mine is, well, make sure to include Built Bar in those plans. Built Bar, you've heard me talk about it for weeks, months, years. It's that protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, or in my opinion, way better than a candy bar. You want to eat healthy? But I get it. It gets boring. By week three, you're like, awesome, cool. Salad, again, another leaf of lettuce. What am I, a rabbit? No, you're not. You're a human that likes things wrapped in 100% real chocolate. Things that contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. And, well, compare that to a candy bar, which also tastes pretty good but also has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. How about this? Go to the secret stash that you always keep your goodies at. Throw some Bilt Bars on top of there. So next time you have a craving, you go over there, you open the pantry, bam, Bilt Bar smacking you right in the face right there. Also, about to smack you in the face with this offer, this promo code, we're talking Bilt.com, to the, <laughs> the place to get your Bilt Bars. Smash in promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. One more time, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com to get your Built Bars. All right, I know we were a little football heavy those first two segments, but I think that was good for everyone here just to you know, just leave basketball behind for a hot second after the monstrosities of, of Saturday, if you will. But hey, let's get right back into it um, with some more takes. But yeah, we're going to do all basketball for this one here. Starting off with Scott White, plain, simple, to the point. Max Christie will be your 2023 Big Ten Player of the Year. I love that one, and I kind of agree with it. Now, of course, the one big roadblock ahead of that is, well, won't Christie just go to the draft? Perhaps. Well, sure. Yeah, of course he, he could. Um, Looking at some recent NBA mock drafts, though, right now he is projected early in the second round. I'm seeing him like in the 32 to 37 range. Uh, yes, I did see one NBA draft room.net or .com or something like that. They had him 13 overall, but um, the consensus of all the other ones, all the other publications like Sports Illustrated, um, Bleacher Report's another one. They have him early second round, so I think that's a prime spot for him to come back as well. Probably get a little more physical build as well, working that three-point shot, which, yeah, like we saw before the Northwestern game, it was getting hot, but maybe getting more consistent with it as well, and tidying up those turnover issues as well. That that can't hurt as well. So, uh, right now it seems very clear that Max Christie's probably going to win Big Ten Freshman of the Year as he seems to win that award every single week. I, I think he's on his way to winning it for a fifth time, or actually did win it a fifth time this season uh, on this beautiful Monday that I'm recording on right now. So, yeah, for him to be the 2023 Big Ten Player of the Year, where, yeah, only more of the offense is going to be running to him next year as Gabe Brown probably leaves, Marcus Bingham probably leaves, but still has a good supporting cast around him. Yeah, I, I love that. Max Christie, 2023 Big Ten Player of the Year. Scott White, 
I love that take. I'm all in, baby. Let's go. All right. You like that cheeriness? You like that optimism? You, you like all that? Okay, let's take this a different direction because Jay Bucket writes, Next season, Sissoko will be the new Kofi Coburn. Oh, Jay Bucket, I see where you're going with this because both guys, both very similar builds, like just physically imposing monsters to throw in the paint. However, I, I got to be Mr. Eeyore. I got to dump a cold bucket of water on this one because I, I think the development of Mati Sissoko is going a little slower than a lot of people intended. Uh, he's averaging five minutes a game so far this year, and that's that's not ideal. Now, sure, of course, is it unheard of for a player to seldomly play and then have a bigger role next year? I, no, not really. I mean, Xavier Tillman saw that between his freshman and sophomore year, playing just a little over eight minutes per game his freshman year, and then, well, hey, Buster, uh, we, we need you to play 24 minutes next year per game. Yeah, it, it happens, but Sissoko came in here as a really raw player, and we're still seeing that as he's midway through his sophomore year. And yeah, sure, sometimes it takes those raw players a while to click. I just don't think by next year, Sissoko's going to be the guy that logs in enough minutes, enough time to be considered one of the premier bigs in the Big Ten. Now that could change because, point blank, they're going to probably need someone to fill in those minutes. I don't know whether they go through the transfer portal uh, because once Bingham leaves, should he leave, he could come back. I, I don't assume he will. He's been here for quite some time. I think he will go, but let's say Bingham does go. Okay, now you got Marble. Now you got Sissoko. And now you got Jackson Kohler, who Jackson Kohler right now, okay, freshman, that's a lot to ask for, for a lot of minutes from him, but also a freshman that's not known for his defense. Kohler's rated what he is because he's got a great offensive package. And if you know Tom Izzo players, you got to play defense if you want to play basketball for him. So, uh, yeah, I, I think MSU goes to transfer portal in the offseason. But, mm, man, I yeah, sorry to be a, a Debbie Downer here. But, no, I don't think Sissoko is a new Kofi Coburn. It'd be great if he is. I would love to see more of him. But, yeah, every time he's on the court, it's like, okay, we're, we're still not entirely there yet. <sighs> All right, we're going to go back up the elevator. Up the optimism elevator. Because JC writes, and this is something that I kind of alluded to yesterday, if you listen to that show, the Northwestern Recap Show. He writes, MSU basketball fans repeat the same terror cycle over and over, and it still produces results year in and year out. The take is, everything will be fine. How about that for a take? Usually a, a hot take has to be on one opposite end of the other, but how about just the take of this? Everything will be fine, he writes. Yeah, that's what I was alluding to yesterday to just end out my 20 minutes of uh, misery and questioning why things are the way they are. But at the end of it, yeah, this this seems to happen quite often, doesn't it? That Michigan State loses some inexplicable game they should not in late January or early February, or sometimes both. And then by year's end, oh, okay, we're a top four team in the Big Ten Tournament. Oh, cool, he made a nice little run here, and oh my, oh my goodness gracious, look at us, we're on to the second weekend in the NCAA tournament, and whoa, my goodness gracious, we're in the Final Four too. Oh, this is great. What was I worrying about that three-game losing streak back in January for? Ended up iron-forging the team. So, Joy Flyer also writes, this team will win the Big Ten tournament and get to the Final Four. I'm going to parlay both JC's take and Joy's take into this. 
I don't think everything gets fixed to the point they win the Big Ten tournament just because I think that, well, we're going to see how good Wisconsin is this Friday firsthand. But I also think Illinois is a strong team. But above all that, I think Purdue does not look like a team that should lose come March. And I know that sounds ridiculous because all the jokes about, oh, it's Matt Painter, he'll never find a way to get to the Final Four, which are, well, accurate until proven otherwise. But, man, that roster makeup is insane. Just two big men that are fantastic in Zach Eady and Travion Williams. you got Jaden Ivey. You've got Stefalokovic, or however you say his name, who shoots seemingly 88% from three whenever I tune into a Purdue game. Like That, that, that looks like a team that's got all the tools, all the fixings for March. However, you get to the tournament, hopefully you don't get put in the same bracket as them. And, yeah, this is something we also touched on a little bit in yesterday's show. Is that there's a lot of good teams in college basketball. I just don't know how many great teams there are. Like, Baylor just lost. I mean, Gonzaga just doesn't seem to be the same powerhouse they were last year. It it is the Wild West in college basketball. I don't think there's a a go-ahead 1A, 1B team. I think there's like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it it sounds lazy, but there's 20 teams that could win it all this year. And I firmly believe it, though. It's lazy, but I think that this year is one of those years where it's true. That 15 to 20 teams have what it takes to win the tournament. So is Michigan State one of those teams? We're going to find out here in the next few weeks if they can recapture what they did to start the season with Bingham playing as well as he was, and then Tyson Walker when he was peaking at his confidence. That would just be fantastic. So, but hey, unfortunately, we got to stay tuned the next few weeks to find out if that's going to come to fruition. And also, you know what, before we get you out the door here, one more take. That's right, not really a Michigan State take, but Kerwin writes in, and he's trying to start a fight, Pumpkin pie should be canceled from Thanksgiving. It's the most overrated dessert of all time. It doesn't deserve to be a staple of the most iconic meal of the year. You know what? I'll agree with that. Not a pumpkin pie person. That's right, Kerwin. Me, you, going into battle um, against everyone that's probably already lighting their torches and marching to the Locked on Spartan studio right now, which is really just a spare bedroom and a house in Metro Detroit. So, all right, well, I'll see you guys over here. All right, well, hey, guys, thanks a lot for all your submissions for Take Tuesday. We've got a lot more to get to. We'll pick and prod at these throughout the week as well. Hope you join us. should be a fun time. And thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. Now go make Lockdown Bets that second listen. That's right, guys. It's Lockdown Bets. Your one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, Locked on Bets, is hosted by Your Boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and available on all platforms. All right, guys. Love you all. Go green.